Welcome to the Bob Harden Show, bringing you news and commentary to keep you informed and enjoying life on the Paradise Coast. And now, here's your host, Bob Harden. Good morning. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. It's brought to you in part by the good folks at Johnson's Air Conditioning. Naples' longest established air conditioning company. I hope you give them a call. The website is johnsonsairconditioning.com. Also brought to you by Life in Naples magazine. Be in the know and stay up to date by reading Life in Naples. The website is lifeinnaples.net. We have a terrific show for you today, including guest Kathleen Pasadoma. She is our uh, President of the Senate of the Florida Senate, and also our uh, state senator, also Seton Motley, the founder and president of Less Government, will be joining us as well. It is November the 29th, and on this day in 1947, despite strong Arab opposition, the United Nations voted to partition Palestine and the creation of a new independent Jewish state. The modern conflict between Jews and Arabs in Palestine dates back to the 1910s, when both groups laid claim to the British-controlled territory. The Jews were Zionists, recent immigrants from uh, Europe and Russia, who came to the ancient homeland of the Jews to establish a Jewish national state. The native Palestinian Arabs sought to stem Jewish immigration and set up a secular Palestinian state. Beginning in 1929, Arabs and Jews openly fought in Palestine, and Britain uh, attempted to limit Jewish immigration as a means of appeasing the Arabs. As a result of the Holocaust in Europe, many Jewish illegally entered Palestine during World War II. Radical Jewish groups employed guerrilla tactics against British forces in Palestine, which they thought had betrayed the Zionist cause. At the end of World War II, in 1945, the United States took up the Zionist cause. British Britain, unable to find a practical solution, referred the problem to the United Nations, which on November the 29th, 1947, voted to partition Palestine. The Jews were to possess more than half of Palestine, though they made up less than half of Palestine's population. Palestinian Arabs, aided by volunteers from other countries, fought the Zionist forces, but the Jews uh, secured full control of their UN-allocated share of Palestine and also some Arab territory. On May the 14th, 1948, Britain withdrew from the expiration of its mandate, and the State of Israel was proclaimed by Jewish agency Chairman David Ben-Gurion. The next day, forces from Egypt, Jordan, or Transjordan, at the time, Syria, Lebanon, and Iraq invaded. The Israelis managed to fight off the Arabs and then seize key territories such as Galilee, the Palestinian coast, and a strip of the territory connecting the coastal region to the western section of Jerusalem. In 1949, UN brokered ceasefires left the state of Israel in permanent control of those conquered areas. The departure of hundreds of thousands of Palestinian Arabs, Arabs from Israel during the war left the country with a Jewish majority. That's the beginning of Israel in 1947. Well, Maricopa County originally uh, announced that on Election Day, over 540,000 visited one of the 223 Vote Anywhere centers in the county. I'm not kidding. They actually put that in print, 540,000. But then when the votes were counted, Maricopa County announced 248,070 Election Day ballots were counted. Somewhere along the way, Maricopa County lost 291,000 votes. That's more than half of the votes based on their own reporting, based on the county's reporting. Is this an issue? Well, I think it is. Republicans had more registered voters than Democrats this cycle. Despite only 17% Democrat turnout on Election Day, Katie Hobbs and Democrats are winning over 50% of Maricopa County Election Day totals. On Election Night at 8 p.m., 
Uplift Data released its final hourly results on the Arizona and Maricopa County elections. When the polls closed at 8 p.m., Uplift released its final analysis of the day. And Maricopa County turnout numbers at 8 p.m., well, there were 52.7% Republicans. Uh, other received 30.7%. Uh, Democrats uh, voted uh, re- about 16.6% of the vote. The other category is likely independent-leaning Republican vote, Republican voters who refused to uh, talk to uh, liberal pollsters. Again, Democrats had 16.6% of the vote on Election Day. USA Today reported on Wednesday, November the 9th, that Cary Lake won by 70% of the election. Well, Maricopa County election officials want you to believe that all of the independent voters on Election Day voted for Democrat in Maricopa County. Well, there were big hearings yesterday, of course, in Maricopa County, and it, the vitriol was so strong it was palpable. Now, Bill, ba- Bill Quam, uh, Burquam is a reporter uh, for Real America's Voice, Terrific. He does a lot of his work down on the border in uh, Arizona. Here are his comments when he spoke to the uh, uh, election commissioners. Well, I'm hopeful I can play this, but it doesn't seem to want to play. Well, I have another one that I want to play. Let me play this one because this is equally strong. So let me play this one then. My name is Kathy Rosco. I live in Maricopa County. I came here today to get an up-close and personal look at the seven traitors to the United States Constitution. Okay, again, are please. sitting at that desk. You were set to receive a subpoena this morning at 9.30. What did you do? You called your meeting for 8 a.m. What are you hiding? I will not repeat your election crimes. I will just say, not certifying the machines constitutes a form of interference. And in case no one has enlightened you people, interference in an election in the United States of America, Mr. Gates, is a capital offense. It's considered treason, punishable by the death penalty. So it's obvious why you, Hobbs, and Deep State Ducey are desperate to keep your cronies in office. Our country indeed has a pandemic of suspect illegally elected officials and their self-appointed bureaucrats who think they do not have to do their jobs, yet stay on the government payroll. You are openly and arrogantly violating your oath of office. We want a new 2022 state election not run by the people at this desk or Katie Hobbs. 75% of the citizens who went to vote stated that they were downright angry about the trajectory of the country, yet the foreign-owned mainstream media claims that we are evenly divided. That gives you plenty of cover to go in a back room and print as many ballots as you need to CYA. I will just say this. The voting booth is supposed to be your time is a up. time for a peaceful revolution. Those who make your, your peaceful time. revolution impossible 
make a violent revolution necessary. Your, your time is up. And, and again, uh, I just want to clarify it. So there you have it. That's uh, sorry you couldn't hear Bill Burkwam's comments, but his were similar to the ones that you just heard from this woman. People were really upset about the results announced in the uh, certification of the election yesterday in Maricopa County. Another county, uh, the one said, I'm uh, voting yes to certify the election under duress because I've been threatened with a felony, a charge of felony in jail time if I don't vote uh, yes on the certification. So a lot of coercion, a lot of bullying going on in Maricopa County and in Arizona. Really a shame. I mean, this is the United States of America. You think we'd have free elections here and... Uh, but it's it's uh, pretty obvious there was fraud involved in that election in uh, Arizona and Maricopa County. Well, the Iranian government has reportedly threatened its national soccer team and the players' families. The United States plays Iran today at 2 p.m., a must-win game for the Americans to advance. Iran would move on to the knockout stage with a win or a tie. Iran has been facing persistent domestic protests for over two months, and since 22-year-old Masha Amini reportedly died in police custody after being arrested for improperly wearing her hijab. The Iran, uh, Iranian soccer team has supported the protesters. Before the game against England, the soccer team stood silently for their home country's national anthem, declining to sing along. Conditions in our country are not right, and our people are not happy, Iranian team captain told reporters after the game. He further said that the victims' families should know that we are with them, we support them, and we sympathize with them. Families of the Iranian team have been threatened with imprisonment and torture if the players fail to, quote-unquote, behave in the lead-up to the Tuesday's game against the United States. Boy, I wouldn't want to be one of those players coming home to Iran after the uh, World Cup. Wouldn't be surprised to see some of these people revolt and perhaps just stay abroad rather than come back to Iran. Uh, certainly, could, they're very marketable as uh, soccer players around the world. President Joe Biden is calling on Congress to pass legislation to avoid a December 9th rail shutdown, which could further damage shaky U.S. economy during the holiday season. Uh, Congress should uh, act immediately to adopt the tentative agreement between the railroad workers and the operators without any modifications or delay to avert a potentially crippling national shut rail shutdown, Biden said Monday. The uh, House will follow suit, vowed House Speaker Nancy Pelosi. This week, the House will take up a bill adopting the tentative agreement with no poison pills or changes to the negotiated terms and send it to the Senate, she wrote in a statement. It's not my hope that this is necessary. Strike-averting legislation will earn a strongly bipartisan vote, giving American families confidence in our commitment to protecting their financial futures. A rail traffic stoppage could freeze almost 30% of U.S. cargo shipments by weight, uh, stoke inflation, and cost the American economy as much as $2 billion per day by unleashing a cascade of transport woes affecting U.S. energy, agriculture, manufacturing, health care, and retail sectors. A rail shutdown would devastate our economy, Biden said. Without freight rail, many U.S. industries would shut down. Communities would lose access to chemicals necessary to ensure clean drinking water. Farms and ranches across the country would be unable to feed their livestock, he said. Biden hailed the contract deal where that includes a 24% compounded wage increase over a five-year period from 20 to 2024 along with uh, five annual $1,000 lump sum payments. Workers <clears throat> in four unions have rejected the tentative deal, while workers in eight unions have approved it. 
Senator Roger Wicker, who's a Republican from Mississippi, the top Republican on the Commerce Committee, praised Biden's call to Congress to act and said no one uh, sides will be fully happy with the compromise contract deal, but the responsible thing to do is to avoid a strike, said uh, Wicker. Biden uh, said Congress should set aside politics and partisan division and deliver for the American people. Congress should get the bill to my desk well in advance of December 9th so we can avoid uh, a disruption. The uh, risks to our nation's economy and communities simply make a national, national rail strike unacceptable, said a letter to congressional leaders first reported by Reuters, uh, warning a strike could halt passenger railroad Amtrak and commuter rail services that would disrupt up to not 7 million travelers a day. Unions and railroads have uh, until December 9th to resolve the differences. If the parties can't find a solution, workers could strike or railroads could lock out employees. Unless Congress intervenes, also, uh, by the way, railroads would halt hazardous material shipments at least four days ahead of the strike deadline. So there you have it, a nice opportunity for bipartisan legislation to avert what is, would be disaster for the economy, which would be a rail strike on December the 9th. Well, Merriam-Webster's word of the year for 2022 is gaslighting, gaslighting, which is defined as the act or practice of grossly misleading someone, especially for one's own advantage. Searches for gaslighting increased 1,740% in 2022 for previ from the previous year, said the publishing company, known for its dictionary. By the way, I was one of those searches. I said, what the heck is gaslighting last year? And I, I looked it up. Anyhow, the term was the, uh, was the title of a 1938 play that involves a man trying to make his wife think she's going crazy. In this age of misinformation or fake news, conspiracy theories, Twitter trolls, and deep fakes, gaslighting has emerged as the word of our time, said Merriam-Webster. The dictionary also defines gaslighting as psychological manipulation of a person, usually over an extended period of time, that causes the victim to question the validity of its own thoughts, perception of reality, or memories, and typically leads to confusion, loss of confidence and self-esteem, uncertainty of one's emotional or mental stability, and a dependency on the perpetrator. Uh, a lot of that going on. Gaslighting, uh, word of the year, 1,740% increase in the number of people that looked it up uh, uh, this uh, last year. Well, Democrats and immigration activists have long claimed that amnesty for illegal immigrants who came to the United States as children wouldn't include young people with a criminal history, but many of the juvenile beneficiaries of the Deferred Action for Children Arrivals Program, or DACA, will, uh, were affiliated with gangs and had arrest records with, uh, that granted the program's benefits, according to a new report. And the percentage of people that came over here that uh, have criminal records, it's just astounding. Uh, again, just misleading information. We need to correct the uh, immigration laws and fix the border soon. This segment of the show brought to you by the good folks at Johnson's Air Conditioning, Naples' longest established air conditioning company. I hope you'll visit johnsonsairconditioning.com. Also brought to you by Life in Naples magazine. Be in the know and stay up to date by reading Life in Naples, the website is lifeinnaples.net. Coming up, Kathleen Pasadomo, our new state president, president of the Senate, that and more right here on the Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. Stay tuned for more of the Bob Harden Show here on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network.
I'm Bob Harden, the host of The Bob Harden Show. One of my favorites for breakfast or lunch is Lulabee's Diner, providing great service, fabulous food, and a rockin' good time. Lulabee's Diner is a throwback to the 60s, complete with great music and a fabulous 60s decor. What I like best is a blend of great food, great value, and terrific service. Most of the friendly waitstaff has been part of Lulabee's for years. I enjoy the great choices for breakfast and lunch, and you'll find the menu has everything and anything to satisfy your taste. Lulabee's offers catering, party platters, lunch boxes, and more. Lulabee's Diner will quickly become one of your favorites for breakfast or lunch. No reservations are needed. Check out the website at lulabees.com and stop by Lulabee's Diner, open from 8 a.m. until 2 p.m., seven days a week. Lulabee's Diner in the Green Tree Shopping Center at the corner of Immokalee and Airport Pulling Roads. Stop by Lulabee's Diner for fabulous food and for a forever cool rockin' good time. Collier County Sheriff Kevin Rambaugh says the number one reason the elderly become victims is isolation. The Collier Senior Center goes a long way in keeping seniors connected with the community and with each other. The Collier Senior Center, located at 4898 Coronado Parkway in Golden Gate, provides comprehensive information regarding services and resources that affect the quality of life of older adults and their caregivers in Collier County, empowering them to maintain independent and meaningful lives. Here's Esther Lully, director of Collier Senior Center. Everyone, every senior is welcome. There's diversity there. It's vibrant. It's a caring atmosphere. So there's a reason we offer the services and programs that we do. We want to help enrich the lives of senior members and provide support to their caregivers. Want to find out more? Visit CollierSeniorCenter.org. That's CollierSeniorCenter.org. Or call the Collier Senior Center at 239-252-4541. That's 252-4541. Welcome back to the Bob Harden Show. And now here's your host... Bob Harden. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. It's brought to you in part by Gulf Shore Playhouse, bringing you professional New York-style theater at its very best and building a 44,000-square-foot performing arts center in downtown Naples. is going to be absolutely astounding. You can find out more and get tickets by visiting the website golfshoreplayhouse.org. Coming up, we're going to visit with uh, Seton Motley, the founder and president of Less Government. Right now we have with us our state senator and president of the Florida Senate, Kathleen Pasadomo. Kathleen, thank you so much for joining us. Good morning. It is official. You are now our president of the Senate. <laughs> Last week when we talked talk to you, you were just going into the ceremony to put you in that position. So congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. It's, it's so funny. Whenever somebody calls me Madam President, I'm like, what? And I look around. <laughs> Who are they talking to? Uh, oh, yeah, yeah. I understand. But it's a, uh, well, congrats. It is a, a great position. A, a, position of real authority in the state of Florida. And it's just so happy for you and happy for us because you're going to handle the responsibility, I think, uh, in, a, in a very uh, appropriate manner. So one of the things I want to ask you about is apparently there's a, a move afoot to make it possible for uh, Governor DeSantis, if he decides to run for president, to not have to resign as governor, which apparently is required by state law. I wonder if you could comment on that. Well, you know, that's a really uh, good question. I had always thought that because uh, we amended the resign to run law a couple of years ago, 
um, when Rick Scott was governor, and and I I thought we had covered um, you know anyone running for a federal office, so that that it would have covered or covered Governor DeSantis. There's some people who don't think it does, so we're going to take a look at it. You know, the way I look at it, it doesn't matter who the person is. If if the governor of the state of Florida is running for um, president, then he should he or she should be allowed to do it because no matter honestly, no matter what party it is, it would still help our state. Yep. So I feel you know I feel that this is a nonpartisan issue. The governor of the state of Florida, I would love to see a president from the state of Florida. Yeah, absolutely. Well, the uh, I remember when. Uh, uh, I'm trying to remember. Rand Paul. That's uh, Rand Paul was uh, yeah. uh, running for president. He was stayed as a senator in Kentucky. Did not have to resign his position as a consequence. And of course, he didn't uh, turn out well in the election for president. But nevertheless, I think we retained ourselves a pretty good uh, senator in the United States Senate. Yeah, I, I think so. We'll look at the at the current uh, law and act accordingly. I. I believe, and, and I will tell you that the governor of Sanders has not reached out to us at all about it. So um, this would be something that, that we feel um, would be appropriate. And, and again, and I would stress that I, having a president from a state is a big deal, and um, the, even being able to run. Yeah. And I would hate to lose him as governor if um, you know he did decide to run and it didn't work out. So, you know, it, for, for us, it's a win-win no matter what. I, I totally agree with that. Now, I know you're in committee meetings uh, every other week, I think, until uh, until you have your next legislative session. Just wondering, what uh, can you get us up to date on what's going on? Yeah, we're, we're, we're going to have <clears> – the first thing we're going to do is the week of December 12th, we're having a special session on property insurance. And we're putting together a very robust bill – you know, I'm, the, the bulk of my emails that I get from constituents are about the uh, rising cost of property insurance. I got one yesterday where their insurance went up 50% last year and 100% this year. Wow. And, you know, I mean, I'm living through it too. Mine has gone up that much and more. And um, so we need to tackle that issue. Uh, the, the, we have some very... Um, uh, consumer-friendly provisions on all sides. We've got some um, tort reform measures, but we're also holding insurers accountable. Uh, so the bill is going to be, I think, a, a good bill. The problem is, no matter what we do, it's not going to happen overnight yeah. because the measures that we pass are going to have to take some time to settle in. And um, I've already warned the insurance companies that if we do a robust bill, they better start working on reducing the cost. I don't want to see them continue to raise um, premiums and then put it in their pockets. So, um, you know, we're going to hold everybody's feet to the fire, the trial lawyers, the insurance companies, um, and hopefully in a year or two it will settle down. So I wonder if you could uh, just comment on, uh, the, of course, the raising the premiums is a symptom. The cause, what are the causes? Is, uh, we hear about tort reform. We hear about, of course, wind damage and uh, water damage from hurricanes. What are the causes? What's driving this, these cost increases? Well, it's a myriad of issues. Uh, uh, first of all, uh, you know, Florida is a very litigious state. 
Um, we've had uh, multiple lawsuits that draw, as you know, the, the uh, pr premiums are a result of claims made. And Florida accounts for, I think we've talked about some of the statistics, some of the, the highest number of claims come from Florida. Right. So we have to somehow drive those down. There's some things that we're going to do in this bill that will affect um, attorney's fees and, and, and those things. Secondly, um, we are, we've had uh, hurricanes that have also driven up claims, and reinsurance is a big issue. Yeah. Um, the insurance companies have to be able to get backup insurance, and the reinsurance companies, the big companies that do provide the excess coverage are saying not we're not going to we're not going to touch Florida. It's too um, risky, um, and so we have to somehow manage that. Um, and and the problem is that the the only solution right now is for the state to back it up. Well, we're already doing that with citizens' property insurance, and we don't want to be in a position of being the uh, the, the taxpayers of Florida shouldn't be. Uh, subsidizing our insurance costs. So we're, we're trying to work through that. It's very um, complicated and uh, difficult, challenging, but we're going to have to do something and, and we will. Well, that's good news and for a lot of people who own property here in the state of Florida. And I also understand that apparently the uh, citizen's insurance is going to be going up as well. I think I, I read something about that. Well, you know, citizens' property insurance is not actuarially sound. So the rates that people are paying that are on citizen, uh, citizens don't cover the cost to uh, manage it and to pay claims. So what happens is the state of Florida taxpayers are paying insurance claims. Um, the other thing that I found very disturbing is that people who don't live in Florida, who have second homes here, are getting insured by citizens. Why are the taxpayers of Florida subsidizing visitors and, and, and snowbirds? Yeah. Uh, I, um, they, obviously, they should be able to get insurance, but they should pay uh, uh, an actuarially sound rate. If you're coming down here for a second home, then you should pay what the rest of us who don't have citizens um, have. So th there's some of those things that we're going to look into and, and try to make a common sense bill. Over the next two years, you're going to hear the word common sense from me every week. <laughs> okay. Because <laughs> that, that's, that's, that's my goal. Common sense and do the right thing. <laughs> Kathleen, I just genuinely appreciate your commentary here again. Again, President of the Florida Senate, just genuinely appreciate your commentary. Thanks so much for joining us. Thank you. Have a great day. You as well. Thank you. All right, coming up, Seton Motley, the founder and president of Less Government. That and more right here on the Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. <laughs> Stay tuned for more of the Bob Harton Show here on the Bob Harton Broadcasting Network. Do you have questions about your retirement? Ameriprise Private Wealth Advisor Jason Nardella with Nardella Financial Group, a private wealth advisory practice of Ameriprise Financial Services, LLC, can help. With the exclusive Confident Retirement Approach, You'll work together to develop a retirement roadmap to get you where you want to go. Call Nardella Financial Group today at 239-325-1041. That's 239-325-1041. 
Office is located at 9015 Stratistel Court, Suite 103, Naples, Florida. The confident retirement approach is not a guarantee of future financial results. Investment advisory products and services are made available through Ameriprise Financial Services, LLC, a registered investment advisor. Finish what you started with a Hodges University wheel. You can complete your bachelor's degree in as little as one year with your previously earned credits. What's the wheel? It's a customized bachelor's degree in organizational management. Learn about and apply the business, management, and leadership skills you need to advance your career. You can get unmatched educational experience with classes held once a week on campus in Fort Myers, in Port Charlotte, or Naples. You'll be immersed in classes taught by professors with real-world experience in the areas of business, management, and leadership. This degree can be applied to all areas of professional career. Learn more by calling 239-938-7700. That's 239-938-7700. Or visit Hodges.edu. Stay near and go far with Hodges University. Welcome back to the Bob Harton Show. And now here's your host, Bob Harton. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. It's brought to you in part by Choice Social. Choice Social is a new, refreshing social networking platform. And you can find out more and download the app by visiting the website choicesocial.us. We have with us Seton Modley, the founder and president of Left's Government. Seton, thank you so much for joining us here on the show. Good morning, sir. Good morning, Seton. Tell us about Less Government. Yeah, we exist to reduce the size, scope, and sphere of influence of government, and we're about it. <laughs> there's, there's precious few of us, Bob. I understand that, but the work is important, so keep it up, <laughs> Seton. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, so uh, uh, your latest column, Let's Grow Brandon. I love this. Let's Grow Brandon. Uh, here's what our farmers and ranchers are up against. In case we didn't know it, this is so interesting. Maybe you could tell us about it. Yeah, what I did was I looked at the world's top 10 agriculture export countries. And then I looked at what each of those countries was subsidizing their crops. And, of course, we then mass import their crops because we've had dumb trade for a very long time where we allow other countries to tariff our stuff and limit how much we can send them. And we take whatever they send us on virtually unimpeded. And, of course, every dollar that they subsidize their crops is a dollar less they can charge than an actual market price. Mm -hmm. And here we have our domestic manufacturer, our farmers and ranchers, trying to compete at market prices with these subsidized crops and, and, and other agricultural imports. And that's just not fair trade. It's not free trade. It undermines domestic food production, which I would argue, I think, without too much protest is the most important thing we manufacture because we can we can't do anything until we eat that's right so so the top five export agriculture export countries china number one united states number two brazil number three india number four russia number five now and i i think this list was compiled before the Ukraine border skirmish with Russia. I don't know how much that's affected since then, but this is going from last year, obviously. Mm -hmm. um, China spends 1.6%. I don't want to get too into the weeds with numbers. They spend two, They subsidize their agriculture $283 billion, mm. okay? Now, I'd like to 
put another number in front of everybody, which is the entire U.S. agriculture sector is $138 billion. Hmm. China's subsidies for ag exports is $283 billion. Wow. Almost twice. Almost twice. So, again, this is more than, excuse me, more than twice. Uh, U.S. is second. Brazil is third. They subsidize $112 billion. India is kind of small, $19 billion. Russia subsidizes $67 billion. But the point is the top five agriculture exporters besides us subsidize more than half a trillion dollars, $585 billion. Hmm. And we have to compete against that. That means they can charge $585 billion less on the market than otherwise would be dictated by market forces because they have that as as a price lower for them. And we have our tiny little, you know, our shrinking agriculture sector in our our food sector that's getting smaller and smaller and having to compete with these cut rate prices at market prices. And it's just, it's completely absurd. So, Seton, just to add to that, I think maybe I read it in your column, I'm not sure, but I think for the first time, we've become a net uh, food importer, not exporter. We used to have export far more than we imported. Apparently now we're a net food importer, which is very concerning from a national security standpoint. That's right. Just like with, you know, again, similarly to oil, we used to, you know, two years ago, three years ago, we were exporting oil. Now we're a net importer. Uh, same with food. We are a now, you know, we used to be the a, the bread. We on top of everything else in the fifties, sixties, seventies, we the breadbasket of the world. Right. And and now we're importing food because we don't make enough food. Now, some of that's, I, I think, some of that's a reflection of immigration. We've had so many people come in here that want their food. You know, they're they're they didn't assimilate to cheeseburgers and fries, <laughs> and they want their food from their countries or home countries. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, a lot of it is just, we have beaten the food manufacturing sector about the head and shoulders with regulations and taxes and, and stupid laws. And it's become harder and harder to, to make a profit as a farmer. And then you add in mass importing these subsidies and it only makes it harder still. So, yeah. And, and the incredible thing is apparently we're selling <laughs> Our farmland to, to, to China, China. <laughs> and Bill Gates. And Bill, Bill Gates is, is the number one owner of farmland now because he wants to he wants to take it offline because he thinks farming is bad for the environment. Oh. Uh, China is buying it for a variety of reasons. One of which is to you know buy farmland next to military bases. That's not a national security problem or anything, right? Um, but also just buying up the commodity, which means. They get to decide how we use it, not us. Now, I think you and I, I know you and I have discussed this before. There's a amalgam, there's a conglomeration of federal agencies called CFIUS, the, the Committee on Foreign Investment in the U.S. And they're supposed to get, I would hope that they would get together and look at China buying our farmland and say, no, mm-hmm. that's not a good idea. That's, that's vetoed. We veto that purchase. But unfortunately, that has not been happening. 
So unfortunate indeed. So this is, again, uh, coming back to this theme, which is a national security issue, quite frankly. I mean, uh, here we we got to eat. And uh, if we have the Chinese and uh, some people that we consider our enemies or adversaries controlling our food supply, we're in deep trouble. China's the number one exporter in the world. And again, I remind everybody when COVID hit, we, we it demonstrated how woefully bad our domestic manufacturer is in a bunch of areas. Yeah. Because we couldn't get anything anymore because everything was locked down. And we realized, gee, we don't make anything. Because, you know, you could drive something from Ohio to Texas, but you couldn't ship it from China to California. And that's when we realized, gee, everything's made in China. Yeah. And we can't get it anymore. Real wake-up call. Again, Seton Motley, the founder and president of Less Government, I encourage you to visit the very robust website, lessgovernment.org. You can also visit Less Government on Facebook. Seton, always appreciate your most informative commentary here on the show. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you very much, sir. My pleasure, indeed. All right, coming up, we're going to visit with Linda Harden. She's my wife. She also writes commentary. Uh, her message is uh, greetings from paradise. We're going to do that and more right here on the Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. Stay tuned for more of the Bob Harden Show here on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. Finish what you started with a Hodges University wheel. You can complete your bachelor's degree in as little as one year with your previously earned credits. What's the wheel? It's a customized bachelor's degree in organizational management. Learn about and apply the business, management, and leadership skills you need to advance your career. You can get unmatched educational experience with classes held once a week on campus in Fort Myers, in Port Charlotte, or Naples. You'll be immersed in classes taught by professors with real-world experience in the areas of business, management, and leadership. This degree can be applied to all areas of professional career. Learn more by calling 239-938-7700. That's 239-938-7700. Or visit Hodges.edu. Stay near and go far with Hodges University. Do you suffer from joint pain in your shoulders, hips, or knees? I was suffering from debilitating pain in my knees. On a referral, I saw Dr. George Markovich with the Institute for Orthopedic Surgery and Sports Medicine. He successfully treated my symptoms and pain for several months. Finally, having exhausted all alternatives for pain management, Dr. Markovich and I agreed that surgery was my best alternative. Dr. Markovich replaced both of my knees in 2006, and I now have full range of motion in both knees, and I have no pain. I now now play golf and exercise free of debilitating pain in my knees. Don't suffer needlessly with joint pain. Call orthopedic surgeon Dr. George Markovich with the Institute for Orthopedic Surgery and Sports Medicine at 482-5399. That's 482-5399. He did a great job for me and he'll help you too. Welcome back to the Bob Harton Show. And now here's your host, Bob Harton. 
Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. We're providing you news and commentary rooted in a commitment to individual liberty, personal responsibility, limited government, and the rule of law. We have with us Linda Harden, my lovely wife. Also, uh, she writes commentary. Greetings from Paradise. It's been a while since she's uh, actually Greetings written. Greetings from Paradise is done. It's I'm a, disconnected. I fired the company. put it out. It's done. Over. All right. Now. So uh, no more greetings from <laughs> Paradise. So what's top of mind for you today? What are you thinking about? Well, like I said off air, there's so much that's that's on my mind. Um, uh, these these election people in Arizona just have have absolutely blown my mind. The fact that that they're actually threatening people to be arrested if they don't certify the election. Um, people, uh, it's really people, it's really sick, actually. Uh, apparently, one voter. Uh, one election board said, well, I'm voting to uh, certify the election under duress because I've been threatened with a f- uh, being charged with a felony if I don't. What kind of justice, what kind of voting system allows that? And and, and you know what? You know what's, I mean, if, if we lived in Arizona, I'd be right there protesting with all those other people because that's just, um, they these this board of supervisors, oh, by the way, all are Republicans. Yeah. All are Republicans. They're John Ma- McCain Republicans. Yeah. Um, two of them are, are started a pack to defeat Carrie Lake. They're not supposed. They they should have recused themselves. Katie Hobbs should recuse herself because she's the Secretary of State in charge of elections. Um, and they're calling other people who question them election deniers. They're the ones who are election deniers because they won't allow a fair and honest election to take place. This is just incredible. My hope is that there's going to be a judge that puts on his big boy pants or her big boy, a big girl dress or whatever it might be and uh, accept one of these cases and review all the information because it is really very incriminating to see what they've allowed in this election. Uh, the, the numbers just don't add up. At first, uh, the uh, election board itself said there's 540,000 people who voted in Maricopa County, and then the final uh, election number was 269,000 votes made uh, in Maricopa County. What happened to the—actually, majority of the votes uh, just disappeared. Um, pay attention, America. The people who are in charge think you're stupid, and they think that they can tell you anything and that you'll believe it and go back— um, to your homes and forget all about it. Well, they didn't bargain on on doing this to Cary Lake because Cary Lake is bringing lawsuits like crazy mm-hmm. uh, behind the scenes. And, and, and just, they had people, you know, I sent you a, a couple videos of the people who spoke up at that, that um, board yesterday. By the way, it reminded me of the Pelican Bay Foundation board. They, they want to give um, people the opportunity to speak. Only they look around; they're twiddling their thumbs like they don't—they're not paying any attention. And then, ding! The buzzer goes off. Said, "You're done." Yep. It's like a little minions going back and forth. Um, and that's what exactly this this uh, Maricopa County Board of uh, Election uh, Supervisors did. They were so rude, so rude to these people. Well, the people weren't very complimentary themselves. <laughs> they were pretty enraged. What, you mean when they called them traitors and yeah. said that they were guilty of treason? Yeah. And, by, and, by, and should suffer the death penalty. <laughs> well, good for her. I thought that was great. You know, I wanted I played that actually that, you, Did that you? segment for uh, for our listeners. I wanted to play Bill Burkwam's 
uh, segment because it's so articulate and so well spoken. But uh, unfortunately, I couldn't figure out how to play it. But uh, nevertheless, it's 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 well worth listening to for our listeners. If you just uh, Google Bill Burkwam. No, it's Ben. Ben. Ben, ben Burkwam. Burkwam. For Ad Real America's Voice. Real and, America's and, Voice. And uh, just uh, his statement to the uh, supervisors of election board, that would, uh, it, it's well worth watching. Well, and, and so so is this this other uh uh, gentleman, he's an attorney. He looked like a wild man with all his yeah. hair. He was he was amazing. He says, "You are making us slaves. We're supposed to do whatever you want and like it." Mm-hmm. Uh, and this other guy who was who was uh, part of the 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 uh, what do I want to say the the poll watcher? He said, "You told us that everything was was perfect the night before the election, and then we get up to uh, to vote, and and suddenly everything's gone south." So the, the the fraud is so palpable, and they're just they're just sitting there defying the the public, saying, "Well, yeah, we did it. What are you going to do about it? You, you can't do anything about it." Well, so so here, like Laura Logan, and and you know, that's she all, was great. The, I can't even. We can't even get into the short time we have about everything she touched on last night, but she pointed out about this election thing. Thank thank goodness that that there are two. Two counties that are standing up to this, and and one is Cochise County in Arizona, and another uh, county is in Pennsylvania. I can't remember if it's Lucerne County or what in Pennsylvania. That they're they're not going to certify the election. They're not going to certify it. And so this Cochise County in in Arizona, Katie Hobbs, guess what? She's the Secretary of State. She's compromised. She's conflict of interest all over the place. But she is going to sue Cochise County because they won't, they won't uh, usher her into the governorship of, of Arizona. You can't make this stuff up. It is so bizarre. It is so bizarre. And, and again, these people think that the, that the uh, citizens of Arizona are stupid. So here's the thing. Right now we're going to be playing uh, Iran in football uh, at 2 o'clock this afternoon soccer. in soccer. And uh, <clears throat> Uh, basically, uh, Iran is threatening their players and say we're going to injure your families. We're going to injure you if you uh, say anything bad about about Iran. And uh, you know, of course, they've got a lot of turmoil going on. How is that behavior any different than what the election officials are doing in Arizona? None. None. It's None. Just, I mean, it, it's just this all the all the hypocrisy and everything about uh, the Biden quote unquote administration. Everything to do with. Everything that's going on is so hypocritical, and and what's interesting is that um, the world is now being forced to see it. And oh, by the way, guess who's helping that right along is Elon Musk with Twitter. Oh my goodness, the 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 left is absolutely blowing their their heads are blowing up. They're running around with their hair on fire because guess what he's exposing? Pedophilia. He's he's getting rid of all these like this Bal- Balenciaga uh, site. Um, that that's so disgusting. And now a- Apple is saying we're going to remove uh, the app for Twitter. From- oh, oh well, oh well. Guess what? How obvious is that? Let's just like Facebook censoring me. Oh wait, wait. We got to hide this, so we're going to shut you up. Well, guess what? It doesn't work that way anymore. Exactly. See, I want to talk to you about uh, Fauci and uh, what's going on with uh, with the uh, vaccines and so forth. Can you stick around? I- <laughs> <laughs> All right. We're going to have more on the Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. Show here on the Bob Hartman Broadcasting Network. 
you have questions about your retirement, Ameriprise Private Wealth Advisor Jason Nardella with Nardella Financial Group, a private wealth advisory practice of Ameriprise Financial Services, LLC, can help. With the exclusive Confident Retirement Approach, you'll work together to develop a retirement roadmap to get you where you want to go. Call Nardella Financial Group today at 239-325-1041. That's 239-325-1041. Office is located at 9015 Stratistel Court, Suite 103, Naples, Florida. The Confident Retirement Approach is not a guarantee of future financial results. Investment advisory products and services are made available through Ameriprise Financial Services, LLC, a registered investment advisor. Provence Restaurant is a favorite dining destination for many Neapolitans, including Linda and myself. Blue Provence, located in a historic building in the heart of Old Naples at Creighton Cove, offers a mix of French bistro cooking with bold, fresh Floridian flavors. Experience award-winning cuisine at Blue Provence and enjoy one of Florida's most extensive, eclectic, and fun wine cellars. Dining to choice are the popular Eden Bar, the intimate Courtyard Garden, or the beautiful Provencal Caribbean Dining Room. Enjoy a wonderful and memorable evening in a casual and relaxed atmosphere that includes a taste of Provencal hospitality. Blue Provence is open seven days a week, all year round. Visit blueprovencenaples.com for reservations, everyday specials, and coming events. That's blueprovencenaples.com or call 261-8239. That's 261-8239. Blue Provence French Restaurant in the heart of Old Naples. Welcome back to the Bob Harden Show. And now here's your host, Bob Harden. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. It's brought to you in part by the Foundation for Government Accountability, creating policies and programs to get able-bodied folks off of welfare and back to work. It's a moral imperative, and I proudly serve on their board. I hope you check out the website, thefga.com. Org. We're continuing the conversation with Linda Harden, the former author of Greetings, from, <laughs> from, Greetings from Paradise. So can I just bring up something that uh, about um, this whole election thing, that sure. uh, uh, about Maricopa County and that, that meeting yesterday? The one thing that, and we were just talking off air about this, is this, this is the set two-month, an- yesterday was a two-month anniversary of, of Hurricane Ian. One of the speakers at that, at that forum yesterday um, said, highlighted Florida, and they said, uh, Florida had just gone through uh, this horrible hurricane, and 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 yet, in spite of everything that was going on in Florida, Florida was able to go through election and get all their votes counted and in on the same day. Yeah. Maricopa County had nothing else to do but but see to it that there was an election, and you couldn't do it in three weeks. It was an amazing. Um, testimony by that guy. Well, and again, just dragging their feet, just, uh, you know, it's the, uh, again, the cheating was palpable. But let's talk a little bit about what's happening with the vaccines and with the virus. Uh, Anthony Fauci was on all the talk shows saying his goodbyes, uh, throwing kisses and saying, you guys got to get jabbed. Uh, The hypocrisy in this situation is equally palpable. Uh, Well, um, like I told you off air, that when when he was doing his his uh, goodbyes at the White House and and the White House medical um, and they're all you know they're all yucking it up by the way they're all saying oh this is so funny yeah you got to get your boosters what and oh by the way it, the 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 Washington Post or the New York Times actually reported now that that deaths from uh, vaccinated people outnumber 
the deaths from unvaccinated people. So take, I mean, that that's just uncanny. And, and well, I mean, we know that's the truth, but now that the actual mainstream media is reporting it. But this White House medical director says, um, uh, God gave us two arms, one for the flu shot and one for the COVID shot. And I thought I was going to start throwing stuff at the TV when he said that. <laughs> yes. this, these people are supposed to do no harm, yet all they want to do is inject us with stuff that they don't even know. What, well, they probably know what's in it, but people don't know what's in it. And, and how long has this been going on where, where, where people have just submitted to the shot saying where the medical community says, oh, yeah, you should get this um, or you'll get sick. God gave us an immune system. We right. were born with a, with a, a, a perfect immune system. And yet the medical community, the pharmaceutical community, the White House, and everybody else are not even acknowledging that that exists. It's just criminal to me. I, I totally agree. In fact, uh, our Ladapo, our uh, Surgeon General, he, he has common sense solutions for, for the issues. He's saying, you know, I'm not recommending the jab for uh, kids under the age of, I guess, a college age of uh, 12. I'm not exactly sure. But he's saying things like get plenty of sunlight, make sure that you're getting some zinc and some uh, vitamin C. Guess who was saying that years ago before all this all this hit the fan with all this, um, before Fauci decided it was a good idea to invent stuff to, to uh, like the HIV and all that stuff. Um, he never said masks were good. He says it's important to go out and get some exercise, get some sunlight. He even did it. And, and I, I watched a clip of that the other day on social media, and he has absolutely thrown that out the window now. Yeah. So it's, uh, again, common sense solutions to, uh, to real problems. We do have an immune system, but right now they're pushing these. Uh, We've got to look. We still are in the pandemic, says Fauci. We've got to start wearing masks. We have to start uh, getting the jab. Get, get your renewal shot. We're going to have to get one every year. This is just pure nonsense. Well, I remember Teresa Severs, Dr. Teresa Severs. Sure do. And, who was murdered, and now her husband, uh, who was convicted of, of killing her, um, lost his appeal, thank the Lord, because he's going he's gonna to be on death row until forever and ever, until they um, execute, him. execute him. But, but uh, she, she was a holistic doctor. Yeah, and and I still have the article that says you should never ever 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 get the flu shot, and here's why. And and um, the article says about all the stuff that goes in formaldehyde that goes into it, aluminum that goes into it, all this stuff. We weren't we weren't meant to be injected with all this garbage. And who's who? I mean, believe me, I could go on for an hour. About well, here's this. here's the thing: neither you nor I are medical doctors. Everybody needs to make their own decision about this. But I strongly encourage you to question, especially the public health administrations around the around the country. They're supposed to do no harm. They're supposed to do no harm, and they're supposed to protect us from harm. But uh, you know, in fact, through this pandemic, through uh, this uh, vaccine, the virus. They've done anything but that. For example, cursing and uh, demonizing ivermectin and other types of uh, 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 solutions to the problem guess, as opposed to... Uh, guess guess who, what money went into demonizing um, ivermectin and hydroxychloroquine. Guess what, guess what money helped to finance that, to, to push that into... Well, I'm going to guess Gates. No, FTX. That, that, that uh, his money... Is everywhere, everywhere, and a part of it went to. I didn't uh, know that. Yep, that is so interesting. Boy, he has just been. <laughs> what he has done, I, I, it seems to me that uh, somebody should say to the Democrat Party, "Well, you know that money you received, 
uh, for these elections, for the election fraud and all these things that you did. Uh, you got to give that money back because it belongs to investors of FTX. Listen, everything, everything that they're trying to do to, to distract from this, um, what's his name? Sam, Sam. If they, Sam. They, we'll they, call him Sam. Well, no, but it, <laughs> but they, they call him SBF because those yeah. are his initials. But this, but this FTX and that that Tether one that I told you about, which is even, and now this other cryptocurrency thing went bankrupt yesterday. This stuff is imploding, and the Democrats, and and the left, and the deep state, whatever you want to call them. Look at FD, FTX is on your on your screen right now. They are doing everything they can to try and distract from it. And oh, by the way, watch for false flags. Look at the look at the shootings that suddenly, you know, the mass shootings that that suddenly um, come up. Yeah. Well, here's the thing. Uh, we're seeing, back to uh, COVID, we're seeing an extraordinary increase in the deaths of people. The, the uh, uh, actuarial numbers coming from uh, insurance companies demonstrate that uh, something like 38%, there's been a 38% increase in the number of deaths of, of young people under the age of 60 and these different age cohorts. Now, this is not, this is like a uh, once-in-a-thousand-year event that's just impossible for this to happen unless something like uh, people suffering from c cardiac problems uh, from uh, you know from the effects of this vaccine there are so many there's so much going on and 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 a couple weeks ago there was a carnival cruise line that I don't I think it was carnival it was down off the coast of Australia you know those cruise ships have thousands of people 800 of them came down with covid all of them were supposed to be vaccinated yeah. and and do you remember that how um, uh, Joe Biden and, and Fauci and, and Rochelle Walensky, who, by the way, we haven't seen for a while because she came down with COVID twice. We don't know what's happened yeah. to her. But but they all said, if you get this this vaccine, you will not get, get the, yeah. the virus. You will not get it. And how far have we come? Oh, well, it won't be so bad. Oh, well, you won't die. Really? Yeah. So right now, people are dying from and uh, after getting the jab. Linda, I always appreciate your commentary. Here We're done show. already? Yeah, we sure are. Oh, I appreciate your commentary so much, though, and your enthusiasm and excitement about the topics at hand. Thank you so much for joining us. Welcome. All right, well, that's a wrap here on today's show. I hope you enjoyed it. We've got great guests for tomorrow's show, including Bob Levy, the chairman, uh, former chairman of the Cato Institute, and now uh, senior fellow emeritus in uh, constitutional studies at the Cato Institute. Uh, we'll also visit with Andrew Joppa, professor and author of Josephus of Oz. Always appreciate your comments on the show. You can send me an email at bobharden at hotmail.com, bobharden at hotmail.com. Also, if you enjoy the shows, I hope you'll tell your friends. One of the ways we build our listenership and support our advertisers, we couldn't do the show without them. I hope you make it a great day on the Paradise Coast or wherever you are. Namaste. <laughs>